We are live. All right. Good morning. I am Jeremy Lesky, and this is Ethos Shift. Uh, very excited this morning to bring Max Naston. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we were just talking about the last name and the pronunciation with that, so I don't slaughter it. And here I am going around slaughtering things, but that's okay. Uh, so we've got Max on. As part of Ethos Shift, we want people to understand that no matter where you're at in life, uh, yeah, I've got this halo that comes on. And when I lift my hand up, it, the halo disappears. Go figure. Right. But we'll get all that worked out. Anyway, uh, Max has had a very interesting journey in life, and he has overcome a lot of adversity in his life. And he uses what he's gone through to help people grow right now. And that's what we want in Ethos Shift is for you to understand, no matter where you're at in life, that you do have a purpose and that you can change other people around you. So it's really, uh, it's really my honor to have Max on talking this morning. Max, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. So Max, tell us a little bit. Now you have a uh, book that's out right now too, correct? I do. And I will show that to you. Uh, I got a lot of junk in my drawer here. Uh, I do actually. And I got to send a couple out for some people, but yes, I wrote a book. Whoop, wrong one. Okay. It's fearless happiness. Okay, so tell us a little bit about this book, buddy. Okay, so to, to kind of go back, I'm not going to talk about um, my whole journey, you know, but what, what brought about the book. But I've been in recovery for over 16 years now. Come September, I'll be 17 years clean and sober. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And in that process, you know, getting sober and all that stuff, but why, how and why the book came about. So about four years ago, uh, it was right after I had turned 13 years sober, my sister passed away. And then eight months later, my brother would commit suicide and lose his battle to addiction. And then six months to the day, my, my mother would die on Thanksgiving Day. And then that following Monday, I put my daughter into treatment. So... What happened for me is I had started this process about seven years ago. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, <clears throat> Chris Whitehead, I said, hey, I want to write a book. And I remember sitting down with him and um, uh, because I had no idea. I've never written a book. You know, I'm not the greatest writer, but it was something I wanted to do. And we had sat down and got the outline uh, put to, you know, pen to paper, got the the chapters um, named and, and what the book was going to look like. And then, you know, the great procrastinator that I was at the time would go, okay, I'm good. Let's do this. And then I would find an excuse not to do it, you know? So that happened for like six years. And when those events happened in my life and what happened to my family, I was actually in Minnesota when I said, I got to get this book done. And, uh, I reached out again and, you know, I started the process. I, I, you know, hired a couple of coaches that were walking me through the process and uh, I found someone that would help me write the book. And um, uh, and I remember just going through that process. And as they say, it was um, very cathartic to write out all the stuff I had been through till that point. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I hate to cut you off, but I'm in the same boat as you because uh, every time I've gone to start writing about my story, it just, man, it brings back so much stuff and it, it, it just makes me relive a lot of things in detail because you want to have detail out there. And a lot right. of times I end up just putting it aside and, and okay. And, and it's just keeps slowing me down and slowing me down. So uh, yeah, I definitely can relate with how, how difficult that is. Yeah. So, and, and that's what would happen to me, even in that process of writing the book, you know, things would come up. I would relive events in my life that at the time would seem like it just happened the day before, you know, like, you know, my addiction, my time in, you know, an active addiction. And, you know, it brought me back to some places where it actually helped, though, because I looked where I finally said there that was enough. I'm done, you know, and I'm going to make some changes. I didn't know how at the time, but I was going to do it. So when I when I finally got busy to write in the book, you know, it was very um, healing for me to to write that stuff out. And and to get it on the to you know paper and and actually follow through, right? With my my dream, our, our goal was to write a book, right? And they say you know um, a goal without action is just a dream. And for a lot of years, I did that. And you know, and these guys that were helping me never abandoned me. Like okay, you know, some people I ain't gonna do it, so I'm out of here. Bye. Right. And um. Um they knew that you know the time would come and i remember reaching out to a few of my friends that i'm gonna write this book and uh, so putting um how i live my life today compared to back in my addiction you know and the principles that i live by was very healing for me and um you know after my mom passed away i was actually the 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 kick in the butt to be honest was when my brother took his own life i was like I was on my way to Minnesota and, and just, I can't even um, describe the feelings that were going through me. You know what I mean? Like the thought of drinking or using wasn't an option, but there was just so many, you know, I, I just, I remember driving from Colorado to Minnesota when we were finished our trip. And for most of the day, the when I found out that I couldn't even speak, so to finally tell myself, like, get this thing done so you can heal, you know, and I, I went at it. I, I talked to some of my friends that are helping me that helped me in this process that are still helping me today. I reached out to a, a writer who helped me get through the process. And, and, you know, the and, you know, him, Brian K. Wright, you know, something that he doesn't normally do. But but since I lived in California and I remember we were like getting to the end of the book he said why don't you come out we'll sit down for a weekend and we'll finish your book <clears throat> and my wife drove out there one you know one weekend and saturday we drove out on friday saturday i sat with him for eight hours sunday and we just we just went at it and um we got the book done and then the process of getting it on amazon and all that stuff helped it but um for me it was just like wow i did it you know like i actually wrote a book <laughs> i can call myself an author but what i look it's not so much <clears throat> excuse me that i became an author it was like as i wrote that book and i look back on my life and all the struggles it started to show up how i got through those struggles um you know the tools i used whether it was in the 12-step program i attend 
or just from people out in Facebook land that I have become really close with how they dealt with struggles and listen to their stories. And as you click on Facebook, somebody's sharing a story of struggle, of overcoming and of hope and victory. You know what I mean? Like all of us have a story each and every one of us and you know getting to know you jeremy when we spoke the first couple times i mean you got quite a story so if i could be an advocate for you yeah get your book out there you got a short story to tell people you know and where you've been where you came from and where you at today like so for me it was it was just very cathartic to finally say i did something that i set out to do right because I like, I know you shared a similar story, and we're the. It didn't take much for us to do what we did. You know what I mean? Like to take a drug or a drink or or quit or procrastinate. We'll do it tomorrow. You know, no time like the present. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how many times have we said that that day would come? We go oh, well tomorrow will work better. Well, that's why I started. You know, I finally, uh, especially like ethos shift. This is something that's been on my heart for quite a while to get started. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. And when this coronavirus hit and there were so many people that were looking for answers and I'm going, you know what, this is the time I need to do it now, you know, and I need to get this going because I need to share people like you. I need to share people that are doing things in the community with people now because they're all looking for answers. They're all looking and going, how do I move forward right now? A lot of people are full of fear. A lot of people are sitting here going, I don't know what to do. I can't make it through this. And so hearing stories like what you have and sharing that and what we have can help people understand that if we can overcome things that we have gone through and do what we're doing now, then they sure as heck can do it as well. And so that's why I really want to motivate and inspire people. And that's why I'm very excited. I know I just cut you off with everything, but that's why I'm excited that you're here today to share your story, Max. Right. And thank you. And, you know, what I've learned from some of my mentors that are online, you know, that have been doing this for years, both online and offline, they're both and both is what I've learned from them is like times like these are an opportunity to help others. You know what I mean? Like we have this technology just because we can't leave our homes or whatever the case may be, we can still be helpful to others by carrying a message of hope, right? It's not just, here's my thing. I've been in recovery for quite a while and I, I love it. it. It saved my life. You know, the, the 12 steps of AA just changed me for the better. But what it's also done is open the world, open up the world to me where, where can I be helpful? And my, my sponsor and mentors always have taught me, you know, you don't get to pick and choose who you help. It's not just going to be an alcoholic. It's not just going to be an addict. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be, you know, someone you meet on the street. Where can you be of service to your fellow human beings? And, you know, I've taken that on. I've, I, I'm kind of doing a little bit different things on my, my page where I post stuff, you know, in the morning and at night, you know, to hopefully help people. You know, I mean, we have, we have this, we have Skype, we have FaceTime it's not the time to isolate, you know, even though that we, yeah, we have to per our government because we're trying to get control of what's going on, but it doesn't mean you can't pick up the phone and say, Hey, Jeremy, how you doing today? Right. Hope you're doing well. 
because you never know by picking up that phone or sending a message who you're helping, right? Like I could be having a bad day. Jeremy calls me and says, hey, I was just thinking about you. How you doing, Max? That right there will set the tone for the rest of my day. So instead of sitting in my you know what, I can change my thinking and go, wow, someone took the time to pick up their phone just to call and check on me. You know, I have it pretty good. Absolutely. And, uh, well, that, that reminds me, you know, uh, that's the whole premise. Uh, Tamara here started a page called Touch Base Tuesday, which Max is also involved with. And that's the whole premise of that is to get in touch with people that you haven't been in touch with in a little while. Uh, talk to people, uh, really connect. And that's why I love I'm, I'm hosting that show as well, uh, because that is essential. Like you said, reaching out when you make that phone call, when you get that phone call, when you're down and somebody calls me, I have friends that check on me all the time and they say, mm -hmm. hey, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you. It just means a lot that somebody's reaching out to me. It mean, it shows that I matter. It shows that I'm not in this world alone. And so, uh, yeah, I really had to put that plug in there for Touch Base Tuesday. Tamara's over here. And so uh, you know, kind of kissing up to the boss. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, okay. Oh, go ahead. I just yeah, want to say, how you doing, camera? How you doing, my sister? Doing great. Doing a lot better since I had Jeremy take over the show. Somebody with actual talent is doing us good. So. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, GQ looks like this. Yeah. Help out you a know. lot, you know. They, they, <laughs> they wanted me to be an underwear model, but you know, I had to turn them down. You know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, anyway, back to reality. <laughs> so, uh, Max, for those that don't know your story, can you give a brief and I know it's hard to do a, just a brief rundown of your story because there's so much, but can you give just a real quick rundown on? what you've gone through and a little bit that you've overcome. Absolutely. So I like to share, like when I speak at meetings, I always share, I went to a party when I was 13 and I didn't get home till I was 32, 31 or 32, give or take a year or so. But, you know, active addiction, it never heeded the signs early on when I was young. You know what I mean? Uh, like, how do I explain it? So like when I took my first drink or, or smoked my first joint, that feeling of, uh, I like this should have been a warning sign to me. Correct. So, you know, it carried on. I started in junior high. It started with, the, you know, marijuana and, and alcohol going into high school, kind of fast forward, you know, it continued again. And then it, and then cocaine was introduced. And um, yeah, so fast forward when I went to the Navy, when I got out, you know, when my children were born, when I was married to my ex, um, you know, I was pretty good about quitting. So I didn't think I had a problem. You know what I mean? Because I had that, uh, that, that the people in my life to say, no, you need to stop. But what happened when I went through my divorce, it really took off because I didn't want to feel I wanted to numb out because I didn't have the people in my life. And little did I know it would continue to get worse, you know, and so you know, 16 years of addiction or recovery. So nine years of active, like really bad, where I was homeless, going to jail, you know, at the end, I was finally looking at either three years in prison or the judge saying, you know, the only way you're going to leave my jail is if you go to prison 
or I find you a place. Right. And a couple of the things that they came up with, I remember they came up with Salvation Army and the judge goes, six months is not long enough for this guy. Find something else. So, you know, I had no idea what recovery was. You know, I've heard of AA. I heard of NA. You know, I got sentenced to a couple things where the judge says, if you do this, we'll expunge your record. And I couldn't even do that. You know, I remember when they gave me Prop 36. It's kind of what drug court is today back when I was getting clean and sober. <clears throat> excuse me, I um, remember doing the assessment and the, the counselor who was doing my intake, you know, was writing stuff down. And I, I just looked at her and I said, I wasn't done. Right. So I said, uh, don't waste your ink. And she's like, why? I said, because I'm going to probably get my, you know, happy ass on this skateboard I got right here and I'm going to go get high. And she literally just looked at me and she said, I'll, she goes like, I'll pray for you, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I never did, you know, what the courts told me to do, you know, like I said, I mean, from one to two to three days, stays in jail started getting worse. Um, like I said, at the end, I was sitting in jail for six months on a probation violation. And the judge was adamant about, he told me at one point, like, I'm not letting you go to the streets. You have done nothing I've asked. So there's only two ways you leave here. I, like I said, I find you a place or you're going to prison. So I finally surrendered and they offered me a place and uh, it was like semi-treatment, but mostly sober living. And he says, I'll send you there, but I'm going to send you there for a year. And if you slip up, you know, you're you're going to prison. And I'm like, oh, okay. But so I ended up starting that journey. You know, I got introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, my very first meeting, it's a 6 a.m. meeting we had to go to. It was mandatory. You know, he'd wake us up 515, the house manager, you're good, get in the van, we're going to a meeting. I'm like, who goes to a, what? what's a meeting at six o'clock in the morning? But I remember I walked into that meeting, you know, and people were, were joking around, they were drinking their coffee, and this lady walked up, and I didn't know her, I, I know her now, I've been her friend for, well, almost 17 years, she's got like almost 30 or if not over 30 years of sobriety now, but I remember she was smiling, she gave me a hug and said, welcome. And I remember looking at her like I got all stiff, like, what are you doing? You know, like <laughs> people were not hugging. <laughs> and that began my journey in Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't stay sober. You know, I had a, a few, I had four relapses and I'm not, not going to get into all that. But I remember the last one was really, it was a one day use, but it was probably worse than the first relapse in my head, in my heart. You know what I mean? I like, I knew I was either going to die or go to prison and I always say God surrendered me that day. And I told my sponsor, that, you know, my sponsor, I said, hey, look, I'll do whatever you say. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm, I'm willing to do the work now. And that means if I have to jump on one foot, rub my belly, tap my head, you tell me or dig a hole, you know, how deep, how wide, jump, how high kind of thing. And, you know, and that began me really taking that deep look at myself and you know, and, and most of my struggles, you know, like, yeah, I have my addiction, you know, war stories. And but for me, what's happened in my case, a lot of the struggles have come in in my recovery. You know, like I told you with what started four years ago and as recently as um, uh, last year in November, right before, you know, Thanksgiving, my my granddaughter would pass away. And then a week later my son would have a stroke at 30 years old and almost die, you know, and, and um, 
that got me through those struggles is one my faith i totally believe there's a power greater than me whatever you want to call it for me it's god he has definitely you know gotten me through those times because like i said not one out of what's happened the last four years not once did i ever have a thought of picking up a drink or putting a needle in my arm you know maybe i'm aside when somebody makes me mad but that's seriously i mean that was (laughs) we all go through the like right so like i like to share you know you're driving down the highway and all these people cut you off it's I, I tell you what, I, I feel like I have mastered peace within myself until I'm driving on the highway. And then all this, you know, I, I, one second I'm sitting there praying or I'm praising God. And the next second I'm ready to run somebody down because they cut me off or didn't use their turn signal. And yeah. So, all right. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, and that's one of my stories in, in my first year of sobriety. So when I figured I couldn't drink, I couldn't do drugs anger became like my new drug of choice, right? Because it doesn't get me high, but in a way it does affect my brain. But I remember that moment that came and uh, I I share it a lot. I was driving down the freeway, some dude cut me off and I was pissed. So I chased him all the way home, right? He pulls in his driveway and I pull up like behind him, you know, facing and I am getting out of the car and opening the door and getting out of the car. And it was one of these actions where I was like, Holy moly, the Hulk just came out of the car. You know, so I'd like, sorry, sir, wrong house, you know. And I told myself, I said, this is not working for me. And, you know, and I, like I said, God has put some amazing people in my life, whether it's through my recovery, whether it's been, excuse me, online here on Facebook. Like, I have people that I can go to and go, hey, look, I got this crazy thought in my brain. Can I run it by you first? And they'll either go, no, that's not too crazy. Or they're like, yeah, Max, you need to rethink that one. You know, <laughs> yeah, let's let, let's review our life. Camera over here, I throw a crazy idea, and she says, "Yes, let's do it." Oh no, that's yeah. no. All right. Yeah, you gotta be careful with me. You'll be uh, swinging through the sharks real quick. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So uh, I gotta I gotta pick my uh, associates a little bit better here. <laughs> right. So um, you know, and that's like. A, you know, and I struggle, you know, of course, I'm human. Be- I'm a human being. And, you know, I go through depression. I, you know, I've been diagnosed with clinical depression, but I've not been on meds for over a year. You know, I have found new ways to get through my struggle, whether it's anxiety. And I'm sure you've experienced it. I'm sure camera and people on here, you wake up one morning and you're so you're like, where is this anxiety coming from? Like, you know, like, I, I just woke up <laughs> and already my brain and my body's going like, oh, uh, you know, that sense of doom and impending doom and, you know, just stuff, you know, and I'm not a scientist, but I know that there's a lot of stuff that we stuff back there that sometimes comes to the forefront and, and we don't can't explain it. But what I have learned, what one of my routines is that I get up at four o'clock in the morning, I pray and meditate for about an hour. I do my Facebook thing and then I get ready for my day and I go you know, where I work as a program director slash counselor. And I, I, I try to help someone get on their path of recovery. And, you know, for me, when I struggle, you know, thank God, you know, I have people in my life that like my wife that I can go to and talk to, uh, because for a long time, I'll tell you the truth. Like I, I'm an, 
what do you call that? An introvert by nature, which can be good and bad, right? Like I'm the guy that could be at a family party and I'm sitting in the background just watching everybody or wherever the case may be. But I've learned to push myself, you know, and, and get out there because I can't help somebody if I'm just sitting around watching life go by. Absolutely. So, you know, and, you know, like some of my friends, yeah, I, I've drank the Kool-Aid and I want to get out there and help as many people as I can because I know the struggles. I deal with people that, you know, they get sober and their anxiety goes shoots through the roof, right? They were self-medicating. So how do I teach them? You know, I just teach them what worked for me and whether they take it or not, you know, but when they can sit long enough to hear the message and know that they don't have to put a drug or a drink in their body and that the anxiety is going to go away, right? Because I know me, I like the instant gratification. Right. You know, that's, you know. Well, so I, right now, I mean, everybody, you know, we are instant gratification people. Uh, you know, we, we need to have it now. We need to have everything fixed right now as we go forward with everything we do. We want it now, 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 now. So, yeah, everybody's on that instant gratification with things. Right. But what I've learned is um, one of my friends, Chris Whitehead, I don't know. I think Tamara knows of him, but um, Brian K. Wright knows of him. But he showed me this picture in his house and it said, be still and know that I am which means to me is if I'm still enough, I'll hear the message I got to carry, or I need to hear the stuff that I need to hear, you know, so I can go about my day and not be selfish, but try to be selfless and, and help that person. You know, my, one of my favorite quotes is from Jesse Jackson. It says the only time we should be looking down on anyone is if we're helping them up. And, uh, so I try to live by that, you know, I live by my integrity, my, my character, my, my values, right? Because I have grandkids and kids that watch me and, and, you know, I have every, you know, and in the business I'm in, they're always watching you. They're like that little kid. If you do something and they do it and they go, because I saw you do it, how come it's not okay for me? Right. So I try to live by those those principles that I, I have learned to put in practice in my life every day and, and, do it one day at a time and not get too far into the future because that's what causes anxiety. We're thinking about things that haven't even happened yet. And depression is always, we're thinking about the past, which we cannot change. So, you know, I've always been taught live in the, in that present that God gave you. And that's the present moment, you know, cause nothing happened. You can't control what's happened in the past. It's done. And something that's not even happened. How are you going to, you know, why worry about it? So absolutely. That's helped me a lot. I've been guilty of that as well. I know a lot of people, you know, where I've stayed up late at night and you have all these different things running through your mind all the time of, oh, this could happen. This could happen. What if this happens? I've got to, you know, be prepared if this were to happen and that were to happen. And, and we get our minds so cluttered with all of this. What ifs? And like you right. said, that builds that anxiety and that builds that. But just being able to release that and say, you know what? I'm not worried about it. God has that in control and having that faith like you talked about and just letting it go and say, you know what, I just need to worry about right now and not stress over that and let tomorrow take care of tomorrow. So uh, very cool. Yeah. And that's how we get days in recovery. You know, we worry about what we're doing today. Right. So for those who are on here on the live that are watching, you know, we stay focused on the moment, what we have to do from the time we get up to the time we go to bed and that's it. 
you know, sometimes it's second by second, minute by minute. And I know you can relate to that because we can get our heads so clustered with, like you said, the what ifs. And then yeah. the things don't go our way. We want to, you know, like my mentors taught me in the beginning was Max, get out of the high chair and stop trying to rule the world with your rattle because it ain't going to work. And I would just go, uh, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, so is there anything else you'd like to share with anybody? We got to wrap this up here in a little bit, um, you know. And I, I wish we had more time. And I know we're going to have to have you on a few more times. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of times that we talk. We're going to have on you know, touch base Tuesday, and then uh, we'll be doing a lot more because there, there's so much that we can delve into. Uh, but uh, anything else you would like to add right now? Um, yeah, I mean. You know, don't worry about the things that are not happening. I mean, that's if you want to know how I do it, it's it's like I just said, I, I I focus on, you know, my what's important that day or today, you know, which is spending time with my family, you know, the honor of coming on here and doing a, a live with you and getting this done and and carrying a message of hope because, you know, um, life is short life is short and some of us who have been some through and a lot of people that i see on the live right now have been through similar struggles as you and i have you know what i mean we know what it's like to be in the gutter <clears throat> we don't have to live that way anymore right and the best way you can do that is to go help someone you know and and be of service as best you can like my like i said i have some great mentors that are always tell you max you think your life is shit. excuse my language go help somebody if you still think it's shit, go help somebody else. If you still think it's shit, go help somebody else. Because when you'll take a look back, you'll find that when you've helped all those people, you'll find that your your life is really actually pretty good and it's not shit, you know. And, and now is more time than ever to reach out to those you love, your friends, your family, and just let them know, hey, I'm here. I'm just thinking about you. How can I help? Or just say, I love you or, you know, give them a hug if that's the case. If they're like in my case, I'm hugging on my grandkids. I'm hugging on my wife, you know, just just being present in the people's lives around you, especially now, you know, because sometimes some people, like you said, are in their homes and they don't want to leave. So, you know, might as well make the best of it, you know, play games with your kids, watch a movie together, you know, and and have dinner together at the dinner table like they used to do. I know a lot of families are busy and they don't do that, but now I think they have no choice. So what better time than to sit at a dinner table and talk about how everybody's day's going or what's going on in their lives. You know, these are times I get it very busy, you know, two parents that work, but now if you're home, you might as well just enjoy your families and, and enjoy the time. And, you know, like I said, we got Facebook, we got phones, we got FaceTime reach out and uh you know um if, if i can you know if anybody wants i got a free group called fearless happiness you know join it's where we all share stories of recovery and it's not just for people in, in addiction or you know but it's for anybody who has a story of overcoming like jeremy said it doesn't matter i got you know all kinds of people it's a free group doesn't cost anything or, you know, you come and like my page at Max's Positive Place, like and love it, whatever, follow it. You know, I share stuff on there. Other people share uh, stories of triumph. And if not, um, you know, you, my book is available on Amazon, you know, and 
there's just a lot of ways we can get out of our heads because I know I'll share for I'm an addict, a recovering addict, alcoholic, and I can obsess on the littlest things. So if I'm not focusing on the good, I could be on this call with Jeremy going, you know what? The world's going to end today, Jeremy. What do, what do we do? You know, but I, choose, I choose to be hopeful. And like I met Jeremy and like he has a similar story, if not probably worse than mine, you know, and it doesn't matter. But we we are like minded people now that I see gathering together here on Facebook that are trying to help each other get through this difficult time. And that's what it's all about. Instead of living from a place of scarcity. You know, like, why don't we live from a place of abundance? Because my my recovery and just support in, in general has grown tenfold in the in the last year. Just because I've reached out when I needed help or someone reached out to me, I help them or you know what I mean? And we just we come together We're the, there's only one race. Right. And that's the human race. So why right. not support each other and help each other get through get through this together? Awesome, Max. Uh, you know, uh, there's a couple things that you said that I, I really wanted to touch on. One is taking that time to pause and listen. We are so busy and we're so caught up. The world is so fast, like we were talking about instant gratification, that we don't take that time to really stop and reflect and sit there and try to, you know, refocus. We're too busy to do that. And uh, this has been a time right now that's forced us to do that as a whole and stop and reflect. Uh, I have to share a story because, um, you know, you touched on something else that really was strong to my heart. One of the things that changed me, my attitude, uh, you know, uh, you know, Max was talking about, I did 10 years in prison. Uh, when I got out, I was bouncing in bars and doing things like that. And, uh, you know, the one thing about being in prison is, is you can go from a criminal to a super criminal because now you have connections to all these people that you that are in the criminal element. They know all these different things. Now you have connections. Now you have all this other stuff. I had a little book of connections that I had from when I was in prison. And, uh, you know, when I got out, like I said, I was working in bars. I was getting bottles broken over my head for $50 a night, uh, jumping in the middle of group fights and breaking people up and doing all this other stuff. And it was really getting under my skin. One of the other things I was doing actually at the same time, though, was I was involved with the church working with troubled youth. I started talking with them. They were looking up to me, which I couldn't believe to begin with, you know, that they were looking up to me. And I, I'm sure you understand how that is when somebody comes and says, I look up to you and you're going, why are you looking up to me? Uh, you know, it's, it's really strange, but these teens were looking up to me. So here I am, my electricity is about to get turned off. I'm really stressed and I have no money and I've got this little book. It's so easy for me to pick up that phone. I can make some phone calls, make some money happen, open this up. Then I started thinking about those teens that I'd been talking to. How would this affect them? What if they found out everything I told them now would be a lie? Once that started going through my head, that book went in the trash and I never looked back. When I started living to help other people instead of just myself is when my life truly, truly changed. And so that's where it was really great when you're sharing that, you know, like you were talking about when, you're, when, when they say you think your life is shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, to be able to help other people and navigate through this life. That's our purpose here is to be there for one another. That's why I started Ethos Shift. The whole tag on Ethos Shift is 
We are in this world together. We need to lift one another up. We're supposed to be leaning on one another. Instead, we're sitting here tearing each other apart. And right. that needs to stop. And that's how you really grow within yourself and really right. can go to the next level. Um, so anything else one last time that you want to add to that, Max? Yeah, actually, it's well, what you said, you know, because what I learned from my sponsor and my mentors, both in and out of recovery, is we got to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? Because you never know who's watching. And it's about what are you doing when no one's looking? Are you the same person in front of people? Are you different when they're not looking, right? And one thing that was hit with me that to this day from early on in my you know journey in recovery is what um my sponsor told me he goes do you want to be an example of what to do or what not to do mm. right That's so cool. i have to, i have to be the same guy on this live as i am with my family and my friends you know i can't be one way like when we get off this call hey jeremy check this out i got this good quick get rich scheme going you know what i mean or right. whatever me and as you know, we've got to know each other. You know, I, I'm the same on these lives that I am with my family and my at work with my clients, with the guys I sponsor, with anybody I come in contact to. Yeah, I'm still the guy that likes to sit back and observe and watch people. But you know, if I can help, I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, and, and my wife's the same way. I'm watching that guy. My wife is amazing. And if you know, we will do it another time. The things she's done for somebody just recently is that's what it's all about you know and she it's it, i have great examples some of them are on this live i got yourself you know like yeah i could be that bouncer you know or or that guy that still has those connects you know when i need money so i can still look like oh i'm doing good over here look at all the money i make but no one knows how i make it. you know what i mean i may not be the richest guy financially but inside i feel like i'm one of the richest men in the world because i've got great examples out there that they, they walk the walk and talk to talk. And, you know, it, it's just amazing when you practice your faith that the things God gets for me, that God got me through without having to go back into that deep, dark, horrible place. And, you know, yeah, I struggle, but I get through it because, you know, we go through these struggles and I'll end it with this is like, just remember when you're going through a struggle, there's a lesson that we need to learn as we go through that, right? There's a lesson that the universe, that God, whatever you call it, or, you know, that power greater than ourselves wants us to learn. And until we learn that lesson, we'll continue to go through those struggles. We'll just might be different variations of it until it hits us in the head. Like, oh, okay, I get it. That's right. what I need to learn, right? So, and then in that process, we can help people who go through similar struggles, right? We can show them how we did it. And, you know, like I said, it's an honor for me to be here. I really appreciate you asking me to come on and do lives and this live. And, you know, I'm glad I'm getting to know you better. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of it for me. That's how I do it. You know, sometimes I don't know how I do it. I just do it. And, and like you said, I got a lot of people that got big shoulders. So I lean on them. And hopefully in the process, I get to help somebody else. Max, thank you very much. And again, yeah, it was definitely an honor to have you here. I know we're going to be doing a lot of uh, shows together in the future. Who knows what's going to be happening? 
very excited for that. Uh, I am going to touch up on another thing that you just talk about being that example and people watching you. Yes, even on, uh, let's take Facebook for instance, a lot of times I used to get on these forums and I would get into these ugly discussions with people and I found myself biting and they'd be like, you're an idiot. Oh yeah, well, you're an idiot. Oh yeah, well, you're, you know, and, and then finally one day I'm going, you know what, it's, you know, who's reading this and it's going, you know what, I'm not being a good example. We have a, we have a huge suicide uh, spike going on with everybody, but with our youth especially, we are the examples. And here we are on Facebook tearing each other apart constantly. What do you think they're going to do? They're looking to us as the right. examples and we're setting that. So we never know what we write, what we put out there. Almost everything we do now is out there for the world to see. So we don't know who's right. watching. And so that's where we have to check with ourselves. When we respond to somebody, think about this. When you respond to somebody, if you had somebody that was struggling and they read your message, how would they take you? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. We do. So we got to watch with ourselves. And I am not perfect. I mean, I'm close to it. I mean, you know, I think uh, there might be a flaw somewhere. But, uh, you know, no, in, in all seriousness, though, that's really good. Remember, guys, we are the example for our kids, for our neighbors, everywhere else. People watch how we uh, handle different situations. I, actually, I do have to bring up one more story, and I, I got to bring it up now, That uh, bringing this up. I had a friend of mine. I was trying to get him in the church for years. Hey, will you come to the church? He would not step foot in a church. A few years ago, he sent a message to me, and he said, thank you. I said, thank you for what? And he says, I'm going to church. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And he says, uh, it wasn't anything you said. It was how you handled situations. I saw you lose everything in life. I saw people treat you badly. And you still came back with compassion and love. And you you moved forward. And he said, that's what that's what made me decide, you know, to do this, was watching you. And I didn't even know he was watching my example. Uh, like you said, you yeah, yeah, you never know who you be watching. Absolutely. And so it really, it just hit home with me going, wow. You know, and like you said, how do we do things like you have that church face where you're you're in there and just like, and then you come home and then how do you treat people? How do you treat, how do you uh, uh, handle different situations and other people watch that? And, uh, you know, that that that's really something you need to be aware of as well. So. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you again, Max. And thank you for all that have joined us here on Ethos Shift. Uh, please let your friends know. Like the page. Also, we have a channel, Touch Base Tuesday. Check that out. Uh, you know, we do uh, interviews every Tuesday with that. Tamara, a good friend of mine, started that. And she has the Starving Dog Action Pack. So there's a lot kind of wrapped in there. Max is a member. Uh, Max is a member. Oh, well. In that case, I can't plug that anymore. So we got to know. <laughs> no. Hey, I had a lot of fun with you, Max. Great that we got this out. And uh, the more people that see this message, the better. So please like and share, folks. And if you have a situation, you have something you're going through and you need somebody to talk to, hit Max or I up. You can hit me up on Ethos Shift here. I'm willing to talk with any of you during that time. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to speak for Max, but uh, I believe – Max, you're you're available to talk to people as well if they really need, correct? Absolutely.
simply, if you send me a direct message, if I can help, I will help. Absolutely. If I can't, I'll steer you in the right direction. Um, but just a little plug here for those who haven't seen me post, it's because I'm on, I'm in Facebook jail. So I just want to remind everybody, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's just, I, I'm, in, I'm on restriction until the eighth, I guess. Um, posting too much positivity gets you in trouble. So yeah, but like wow. Jeremy said, you can reach out to any of us, you know, um, I'm just a message away. Um, I'm going to help as best I can because that's what was done to me at my worst time. And as people that cared and, you know, wanted nothing in return except to see me stay clean and sober and be successful. So yeah, we got some great people here and um, yeah. Uh, they're, they're my thing there's no excuse to to not reach out and just say hi or i need help you're gonna get you're gonna get the help absolutely yeah absolutely if you definitely want it i'm uh sorry i got distracted here somebody asked for the link to the page and i'm having a hard time getting that up for some reason uh real quick sorry and um okay <laughs> I'm still learning how to be the tech uh, savvy guy and be able to do things in the background without stopping. Right. I see these people and they're doing everything in the background while I keep an eye contact with you and still able to talk. <laughs> I'm that guy that's like, uh, hold on, wait, what, what, what just happened over here? And I'm, I'm getting there slowly, but surely I will be that guru. See, I told you there was yeah. a flaw somewhere. I think we just found it. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you, Max. Yeah, share out page, Ethos Shift, everybody. Exactly. Share my page. You know, all it is is about helping one and helping each other through this difficult time. So, go for it. I say, help each other. Absolutely. We're in this world together. We need to lift one another up and keep your head on your shoulders, guys and gals. Absolutely. Make sure I got everybody included in that. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>